Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. The final few verses of 1 John serve as a strong conclusion to a book that stresses over and over the divine birth and the divine life that all believers receive at the divine birth. Closely associated with the divine birth are the divine fellowship and the divine anointing, and all of the virtues that flow out of the divine birth. Of course, the source of the divine life is the divine being, God himself and his Son, Jesus Christ. And part of the heritage that we receive at the divine birth is the capacity to know, experience, enjoy, and ultimately even to possess God, not merely in an objective way, but in reality. Bill Lawson is here today as we uh, come very near the end of this uh, life study of 1 John. Bill, it's been a remarkable journey. Uh, I've had my appreciation renewed fully for this short but very, very powerful book, isn't it? Uh, right, Chris. These five chapters in 1 John are quite rich in the divine things, like you mentioned, the divine life, divine birth, divine fellowship, divine being, and they're not that familiar with many believers. Yeah. I know in my background, I spend most of my time in the Gospel of John, but I spent very little time in his epistles, especially First John has been quite rich. And it looks like today we're coming to the end of chapter 5, mm-hmm. and I think we have a lot of riches here and uh, to present. Bill, uh, specifically we're going to focus on the last uh, four or five verses of this chapter, starting at verse 18 of chapter 5. But before we come to that, I'd like to take a minute and go back to where we were on yesterday's program Actually, uh, even in the written life study, Witness Lee spent a few paragraphs reviewing a key point, and I thought there was an excellent point made there that we didn't bring out in yesterday's program, so I think it's worthwhile. That is, of course, this is the section where uh, if we see a brother sinning a sin not unto death, we can ask life for him. And according to God's will, we know that we have received the answer to that prayer because uh, we have had a kind of a inward relationship with the Lord in a deep fellowship, bringing us into oneness with his own heart. But the point that I thought was uh, important to add to that and maybe get your comment on it, Witness Lee points out that really we shouldn't spend that much time in our consideration of what is the category of sin that this brother or this person is involved with. Rather, the responsibility of the believers and the goal in the life of the believer is to become a channel of the divine life and really leave the uh, the bigger questions to the Lord and really focus on becoming a channel, a proper channel of the divine life. It's a very good point, isn't it? That's true, Chris. We can be distracted by, like you say, trying to determine what kind of sin causes this believer even to physically die. Uh, am I involved in that? Am I not involved in that? And we can miss the main point there. 
that we believers should be constituted and saturated with the Lord's divine life to such an extent that we can render even help to others and even through our experience, our shepherding work, our help, our ministering the word of God to that person, we can give the divine life to that person because we ourselves are filled with the divine life and we can actually minister that life to others. Of course, theologically speaking, only the Lord can give life, so that may be a problem to some people, but I don't think that this is a real problem because not only can the Lord give life, but that we who receive the Lord, we also can give life, and this is what John is talking about here in this epistle, that we can give the Lord's divine life to one who are involved in sin uh, or sins, and this can be a real supply to that person through us. Mm. Well, the conclusion now of chapter 5 really begins at verse 18. It says, We know that everyone who is begotten of God does not sin, but he who has been begotten of God keeps himself, and the evil one does not touch him. And uh, this verse is closely related to an earlier verse in chapter 5, and that would be verse 4. I thought I'd read that as well, because I think it helps kind of set the stage for what we're going to hear uh, from Witness Lee. Verse 4 says, For everything that has been begotten of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory which has overcome the world our faith. So in verse 4, Bill, everything that is begotten of God, and in verse 18, Everyone who is begotten of God. That's an important distinction that we've heard uh, before, but uh, we'll hear reference to it again. So here's Witness Lee with our first portion today. Chapter 5, verses 18 through 21. In these four verses, what the uh, Apostle John gives us is more than a strong conclusion based upon the divine birth. He uh, closes his book from verse 18 we know that everyone who has begotten of God does not sin but he who is begotten of God keeps himself this thought is something added what thought? the regenerated persons could keep themselves from sinning If you go back to chapter 5, verse 4, that says, because everything that's been begotten of God overcome the world. Everything there should, strictly speaking, refer to our regenerated spirit. As long as we abide in our regenerated spirit, this Regenerate spirit keeps us away from sinning. The evil one does not touch us. It doesn't mean that he cannot touch you, but it means he would not touch you. He would not come to you. If he comes, he just wastes his time. But he who is begotten of God keeps himself and the evil one does not touch him. It's wonderful. Then, let me check with you. When you forget about the regenerated spirit, when you are just in your flesh, you become a delicious beast to the evil one. The evil one by that time will say, my goodness, aha, uh-huh, 
This is my favorite. This is the thing that I like to eat. Surely he would come. He would come to touch you. Not only to touch you, even to solve you up. The thought here is this. As we have been born of God, we do have such a birth, a divine life, in our regenerated spirit. When we are here, kept in our regenerated spirit, Satan knows there's no way for him to touch us. Here is our safeguard. The safeguard is in our spirit with the divine birth plus the divine life. As long as we stay here, we are in the refuge. We are in the kind of a protection. We do have the safeguard here. Bill, uh, I have to confess to uh, that I have struggled with this verse, verse 18. I think countless Christians have struggled with this verse. We know that everyone who is begotten of God does not sin. That's as far as we go. We consider that, and then we consider our own experience, and we begin to say, am I even begotten of God? Because I can't say that I have not sinned since I received him, or at least thought I received him. But unraveling this mystery really requires that we take these two verses together, doesn't it? Verse 4 and then verse 18, because in that picture, in that context, a whole new realm is presented, isn't it? I had the same problem, Chris, that you mentioned, uh, trying to reconcile those two verses. And for a while I thought, well, that means if I'm a believer and I sin, that means maybe I really didn't believe. Maybe uh, I need to be saved again. Yeah. Or maybe it wasn't real and I really didn't repent. So it was almost confusing to me until a number of years ago through this rich ministry that we enjoy, I began to realize what Brother Lee's talking about here. And in verse 4, you have everything that is begotten of God overcomes the world. Everything, he says. Then in verse 18, he says, everyone who is begotten of God does not sin. And then I began to realize that there is a particular part in our being, which is our regenerated spirit. That part of us is begotten of God when we are regenerated. We know the Lord enters into our human spirit. He regenerates that part and makes that part life, like in Romans 8. And then eventually we have our soul and our body. So with every believer, only our regenerated spirit does not sin. Our soul very much may sin, and we know it does a lot. Our mind, emotion, will, our physical body, they are involved. But here I think it's important also to realize that it says does not sin. That does not mean uh, it is incapable of sinning, but that because we live, these believers live in their regenerated spirit, they draw their whole Christian life from their regenerated spirit, then the enemy, Satan, cannot touch him. That means he does not touch him. It doesn't mean he will not or he cannot, but that he does not because even the enemy Satan himself realizes if he tries to touch one who lives in their regenerated spirit, it's like trying to overcome a fortress that's impregnable. There's no way he can do it. 
So it's very important here we realize that the every thing there is our regenerated spirit, which is the central part of our regenerated being, and the every one there is a regenerated person, in verse 18, who lives in their mingled spirit. Many of the epistles uh, of Paul point out that the Lord's residence within us is our regenerated spirit, as you said, the Lord be with your spirit. So this means that when we are living in a condition of abiding in our spirit, that means we're abiding in absolute oneness with the Lord himself. So in a sense, that is the only safeguard, and that's our experience, isn't it? Right. Bill, um, this is a good line of fellowship. Let's continue it here as we go further. Let's jump to verse 19 now. It says, We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies in the evil one. I think this portion just ahead has a lot of light in it. Let's go back to witness Lee. Then verse 19 says, We know that we are of God. We do have something related to God because we have been born of Him and His divine life is in our being. So we are out of Him. Between Him and us, there is a kind of a organic relationship. Then He goes on to tell us, and the whole world lies in the evil one. We are out of God. We belong to God. We are one with God. Yet the entire world lies in the evil one. They belong to the devil. You see, they do not only belong to the devil, they are lying in the devil. That means they are under the devil's control manipulation. You see, they don't have their own freedom. Oftentimes, I use surgery as an illustration. You know, you are a sick person and uh, you are going to go through uh, the surgery. You just <laughs> lie on the uh, surgery bed and the surgeon can do everything. You are all together under the surgeon's manipulation. And you don't have a choice. It's up to him. The entire world today is like this. Satan is the evil and ugly surgeon. He would cut whatever he wants. He has the full opportunity. The entire world is lying in him. But we are of God. We have some life relationship with God. Bill, I like this illustration. He used it in a previous message touching this point of the whole world lies in the evil one. You've got the patient, and uh, having recently gone through a fairly uh, serious surgery, I can relate to this. You're, you're there laying on the table, and you're all hooked up to the equipment, and your freedom has really been cut off, and uh, everything that's about to happen to you is now up to this person, this surgeon who is uh, coming over you and going to invade your inner parts. It's a good picture of what is the real condition in the world, isn't it? Right, in that uh, verse there, in verse uh, 19, of course, John says that we know that we are of God. Of course, of God means out from God, or that means our source, our origin is of God. That means we have God's life, we have God's nature, we possess his nature, we're enjoying him, we're in fellowship with him, we're one with him. We're in one complete 
different source than the world. The world is, in a sense, out from the evil one. Yeah. They're, they're in another source. They're in another realm. And they are under this evil one's usurping hand. So if this evil surgeon wants to perform a surgery, he can do anything he wants to people, and they have no idea what he's doing. And this is the picture that the Apostle John paints here of people without the life of Christ, without the life of God. They are just lying there passive, uh, as opposed to the believers who have God's life and nature enjoy an active life, right? It's almost like an active-passive relationship here. All the unbelievers are passively under Satan's usurping yeah. and evil influence. But we believers, because God's life is so dynamic, so active, we're not passive at all because God's life in us is living, it's moving, it's working, it's growing in us. It's bringing in the divine riches into us. So if we are in the world, we're passive. But because of the Lord's divine life, we're very, very active in the Lord's life. Yeah, this little preposition of here that he referred to and you just mentioned, we are of God, carrying the meaning out of. This really points us to the organic relationship, the organic union, as we often speak of it, uh, that we have with God. So we're, we're connected to a completely different life source than the, uh, the ones, the unbelievers who are, you know, subject to this evil surgeon, aren't we? Really so. Bill, let's go forward. we got uh, one section to go yet today, um, verse 20, as we come very near the end of the book. It says, and we know that the Son of God has come, and I want to emphasize these first three words, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we might know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. There's a kind of knowing that's uh, obviously on the apostle's heart here that is really the point of this last portion, really knowing this one. That's our focus. Here's Witness Lee for our final segment. Verse 20, and we know the Son of God has come. Of course, come in incarnation to be a human being and has given us an understanding that we might know him who is true. What is understanding? The understanding here is the faculty of our mind. And this mind is enlightened and empowered by the spirit of reality. To apprehend the divine reality in our regenerated spirit. At least Three organs are all involved. Number one, our mind. Number two, our spirit. And number three, the spirit of reality. These three are all involved in this understanding. According to our natural being, our spirit is deadened and our mind is darkened. How could we know the invisible God? So, the Lord Jesus came to us by incarnation and by death and resurrection. He came to us in this way. You see, now when we uh, repent and believe in him, our sins are forgiven. So, our mind is enlightened. And not only so, our dead in the spirit is made alive. 
is quickened. Plus this, the spirit of reality, which is the spirit of revelation, also comes into our being. Now, surely we can have the understanding that we may know God. The Lord give us the eternal life. That is the divine life, the life of God. Because it is the life of God, so this life is able to know God. We have the ability to know God, to experience God, to enjoy God, and eventually to possess God. Bill, if you consider this section, he posed a marvelous question. Here we are before our divine birth, before our regenerated condition. Our mind is darkened. We're uh, lying in the evil one in the world. How can we possibly know the invisible God in such a state? Right. This is uh, more than ludicrous that we could know such a God because of our impossible condition before regeneration. So Brother Lee really portrays a wonderful picture here of what happens when God's life, you know, comes into us, when we have this divine birth that John so frequently talks about with the divine life, with the divine reality, brings us into divine fellowship, and we know all the things of God. Uh, But as you mentioned earlier, Chris, this little word know and this word understanding, I think, can help unlock this verses here a little bit. Whenever you you consider the word know or understanding, you know that's the faculty of the mind. Correct. Of course, earlier we talked about the human spirit that is regenerated by the Spirit of God. But after a person is regenerated, the Lord's intention is not just to remain right in our one part of our being, in our mingled spirit. He wants to spread out into our mind, into our emotions, into our will. Eventually, he wants to transfigure our entire body. So here, because the divine life enters into our spirit and we have fellowship with him, we're one with him, we possess his life and nature, then that affords the Lord's life the opportunity to move out into our mind. And then as the Lord's life moves into our mind, the faculty of our, you know, of our mind, it enlightens our mind and enables us to interpret and understand the impressions that the Lord's life has given us when he came into our spirit. So the Lord, as the life, enters into our spirit, and he's there as a divine reality, as Mm -hmm. Brother Lee shared. Mm -hmm. But then we need our mind enlightened to interpret what is happening in our spirit, or many times we don't know what's happening inside. So because our mind is not renewed, our mind is still somewhat darkened. But as we enjoy the Lord, as we live in the Lord's life, he enlightens our mind, and he brings his spirit of realization into us to help us understand the divine things. So it is not uh, that we approach either with only our mind or only with our regenerated spirit. It's really uh, revealed here in quite a marvelous way Mm -hmm. that it is the mind that is being affected, impacted, saturated, we could say, with the spirit of reality that has indwelt our human spirit. Right. Then we have the divine understanding, like uh, the verse says here in verse 20, 
and has given us an understanding. That means the only the life of God can understand the things of God. That's why we could never understand God before, because we never have God's life. Like a human being, I have a human life, so I can understand another human being. Right. If I have God's life, I can understand God's thoughts. Then I know his mind, I know his heart, I know his purpose, I know his ways, I know everything of God. And this is what John talked about in his Gospel, chapter 17. This is eternal life to know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. Bill, as we uh, now are left with just one one message in First John, I've been tremendously impressed how experiential this book is. Uh, there's some great truth here, no doubt. Many of these things have been very deep in, in the truth that they convey, but the real thrust of John, it's clear in this epistle, uh, is to bring the believers into this life union, this organic union, living fellowship, living contact with the triune God himself. And uh, we should never miss this, should we? That's right. Good to have you here. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we can still get you the printed volumes, two-volume set of First, Second, and Third John. Uh, and if you want to find out about that, call us toll-free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. I'll give that slower now, 888-543-3788. And do try to be with us. We conclude the live study of First uh, John, and then next week we'll have uh, four programs for Second and Third John, two very short books, but uh, equally important in the, the apprehension of the divine life and the divine birth. So don't miss uh, that fellowship. And for Bill Lawson, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee ministered the Word of God for over seven decades. Many consider these life studies as his seminal work, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Spirit. If you'd like to find more about Witness Lee, these life study messages or any of the materials provided by Living Stream Ministry, please visit our website, lsm.org. That's lsm.org. You can also email us, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. Thanks for listening today.